You are listening to the Divorced Christian Podcast Show with your host and teacher, Darius Good. He is the senior pastor of Bible Gospel Center and founder of Good Treasure Ministries. He is the author of the books, Unlocking Godly Wisdom and The Divorced Christian. For more information, visit the website at thedivorcedchristian.com. And now here's your host, Darius Good. Welcome to another episode of the Divorced Christian Podcast Show. My name is Darius Good. Thank you for joining us on today. Uh, Today's episode is episode 22, and it's entitled The Deceitful Wife and the Treacherous Husband. And we're going to be taking a look at the book of Malachi on today. Uh, But before we get into this particular subject, um, I just want to make you aware, the Divorced Christian Podcast Show is a show that was designed for divorced Christians. It's not for those contemplating divorce. It's for those that have already gone through the experience. This podcast show was birthed out of a result of me going through information, digging through the scriptures to have a better understanding of divorce. And there was a lot of teachings that I've heard on this subject, and a lot of it just didn't sit well with me. Um, To me, it didn't make sense. And so as I began to dig into the scriptures, look up words um, in the Greek and in the Hebrew, um, and then began to study the Levitical law and look into the Jewish culture, I began to discover that a lot of what we have been teaching does not line up with the scriptures. And so as I began to present my information to different ones, they were amazed by a lot of the information I was finding that lines up with the scriptures. As I I would go through the story of Jacob and Abraham and show them how the Levitical law was based on the patriarchs. And so um, this led to me putting all my information together and I've been working on this book for over a year now. Um, I'm constantly finding new information which is the reason why the book is not complete just yet, but I hope to have it out very, very soon. And so um, thank you for joining us on today. We have become the top, one of the top searched podcast shows on this topic of Christianity and divorce. And so I thank you for those that have been tuning in. Make sure you remember to like, share, and subscribe. If you subscribe, you get all the brand new episodes as they are loaded in. We also have a brand new podcast show. It's called The Good Treasure Podcast Show, where I do other teachings um, that are not on the subject of divorce. And so I have a link in the description of today's episode. If you would just go click on that link, it'll take you right to the new podcast show. So all that information is right there in the description. On today, we're going to look at the book of Malachi. This is episode 22. And it's entitled The Deceitful Wife and the Treacherous Husband. On the subject of divorce, one of the most popular scriptures that most people point to or or the subject of divorce is taught on is from the book of Malachi. And so there's a verse here in Malachi chapter 2, verse 16. It says, For the Lord, the God of Israel, saith that he hateth putting away. For one covereth violence with his garment, saith the Lord of hosts. Therefore, take heed to your spirit that ye deal not treacherously. We're going to look at this particular verse through several different uh, translations. Um, But when I've asked people, um, what is God's feeling regarding divorce? This is usually the scripture that is quoted. And of course, the word or the phrasing putting away is translated as the word divorce. And so in some translations, 
you will find where it says God hateth divorce. Um, but usually, as I then look for more answers, as I'm having this dialogue with individuals, I'm questioning, but what else did God say? And usually that is the only takeaway from the verse. So in this verse alone, there's a lot that is being said. But before we examine this verse, we're going to need to look at Malachi as a whole. I think one of the biggest problems when it comes to Christian teachings is we don't teach um, in context. So we don't look at the verse before it. We don't look at the verse after it. And sometimes we only look at a portion of the passage. There's a very popular verse that a lot of people will quote, and they will say, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. But that's only the second half of that verse. And so people don't know the beginning portion of the verse and can't connect the two thoughts that Jesus was saying or explaining to them in that conversation. And so this is what I've run into often as I've talked to people regarding the scriptures. They don't keep the verse in context. Now, it's not enough to look at the verse before it, and it's not enough to look at the verse after. Sometimes and most times, I'll go to the beginning of the chapter and begin there and read all the way down. But we got to understand the Bible was never written in chapter and verse. It never was. And so most times, even the letters of Paul, they're letters. So you have to read them as a letter from beginning to end. And so I found that in reading the entire book of Corinthians, the entire book of Ephesians or Hebrews or even Romans, it gives you a complete different context of what the author was explaining to the readers. And then we got to look at their time frame. We got to look at their era, uh, the culture, um, the norms um, during that time period. All of this helps to shape our understanding of what was being said before we can apply it to our lives and to a present day or current modern day experience. And so the book of Malachi, when I've asked people, what, what is the book of Malachi about? Uh, most people don't know. All they know is God hates divorce. And so let's begin at chapter one, where we have the prophet Malachi, and he's sent to give a word to the nation of Israel. And in verse two, it begins where God is saying to the nation, I love you, but you guys are asking the question, uh, where do you love us? How do you love us? And then he says to them, was not Esau Jacob's brother? Saith the Lord, yet I loved Jacob. Sometimes we hear these passages, we don't know what they mean, and so we keep on reading. But what God is explaining to them is, I love Jacob, I love Israel. He said, Esau is the one that I hated. And so what he's describing for them is, uh, take a comparative look at yourself. You guys are the nation of Israel, but look at Esau, who is the nation of the Edomites. And so when they take a comparative look at the other nation and what they're experiencing, then you realize the love of God. And so this is, this is important that we understand this. So let's go to verse two or verse three. So he says at verse three, Esau I have hated and I have turned his hill country or his mountain into a wasteland and left his inheritance to the desert jackals. Verse four, Edom may say, these are the Edomites, though we have been crushed, we will rebuild the ruins. But this is what the Lord Almighty says. They may build, but I will demolish. They will be called the wicked land. 
a people always under the wrath of the Lord. You will see it with your own eyes and say, great is the Lord even beyond the borders of Israel. So you see, as God is explaining, the Israelites have a covenant with him as opposed to the Edomites, which means God was saying, look at this other nation and compare how things are in their economy, how things are uh, there with, with maybe their health care, um, whether there's diseases in the land, uh, whether there's oppression in the land, or are there other nations attacking their land, and compare their experience to yours. And so this is how the prophet begins this message to Israel. In verse 6, he now asks them this question. He says, a son honors his father and a slave his master. If I am a father, where is the honor due me? If I'm a master, where is the respect due me? Says the Lord Almighty, it is you priests who show contempt for my name. But you ask, how have we shown contempt for your name? The whole book of Malachi is God bringing correction to the priests. And this, I think, is one of the main points that is missed as we jump right to the passage in Malachi chapter 2. But beginning here in chapter 1, God is bringing correction. Um, He's he's, uh, pinpointing the priests as being the problem. And he's telling them right off the rip, you guys do not honor me. You don't honor me as a father. You do not honor me as a master. So then he explains as they ask this question, how do we show contempt for you, Lord? At verse seven, by offering defiled food on my altar. But you ask, how have we defiled you? By saying the Lord's table is contemptible. At verse eight, when you offer blind animals for sacrifice, is that not doing wrong? Question mark. God is pinpointing the areas that they are doing wrong. He wants to leave them with no confusion. They're allowing the Israelites to bring animals for sacrifice, but these animals were blemished. And according to the law, that was an abomination. It was an abomination. In Deuteronomy 17, verse 1, Thou shalt not sacrifice unto the Lord thy God any bullock or sheep wherein is blemish or any evil favoredness, for that is an abomination unto the Lord thy God. So at verse 8 in Malachi, Malachi 1.8, you're offering blind sacrifices. Isn't this evil? And if you offer a lame or sick, is it not evil? Offer it now unto thy governor. So he's saying you wouldn't even give that to the governors, and yet you want to bring these offerings to me. And he says, will he be pleased with you? Or accept your person. He's talking about the governors. Would they be pleased if you brought an offering like this? But you want to bring that sort of offering to me. Notice that verse 9. And now I pray you beseech God that he will be gracious unto us. This hath given, I'm sorry, this hath been by your means. Will he regard your persons? Saith the Lord of hosts. In verse 11, he explains that they are required to bring a pure offering. At verse 12, he says, you have profaned it. He says, in that you say the table of the Lord is polluted and the fruit thereof, even his meat is contemptible. 
you said also, behold, what a weariness is it? And you have snuffed at it. He's talking about the priests doing their duties in regards to the offering of the Lord. They found the duty to be wearisome. They're complaining about their job as priests. So God says at verse 13, you brought that which was torn and the lame and the sick. Thus she brought an offering. Should I accept this of your hand, saith the Lord. So they're bringing the offerings as required by God. But God is saying, should I accept this because you're still not following the rules? You're not uh, following the required steps when it comes to spiritual offerings that must be offered to, to God, to the Most High. So at verse 14, he concludes the chapter by saying, Cursed be the deceiver which hath in his flock a male and voweth and sacrifices unto the Lord a corrupt thing. For I am a great king, saith the Lord of hosts, and my name is dreadful among the heathen. They had the means at their house. They had animals without blemishes that met the requirement that Lord, the Lord required for sacrifices, and yet they would not bring it. And yet the priests were continuing to accept the lame and blemished animals and then offering it up to God and complaining about their jobs. So this is Malachi chapter one. Then we enter into Malachi chapter two, where he begins by saying, O ye priests, this commandment is for you. This is important that we understand this. So at verse two, it begins by saying, if you will not hear, so if you're not listening and will not lay it to heart, you don't take what I'm saying to heart, to give glory unto my name, I will even send a curse upon you and I will curse your blessings. Yes, I have cursed them already because you do not lay it to heart. At verse three, behold, I will corrupt your seed and spring, uh, spread dung, which is feces upon your faces, even the feces of your solemn feast, and one shall take you away with it. At verse four, and you shall know that I have sent this commandment unto you that my covenant might be with Levi, saith the Lord of hosts. So this is where they get into themselves into trouble because Levi had a certain mindset and heart when it came to, to executing uh, the priesthood. But these priests were not following after the patriarch Levi. So at verse five, my covenant was with Levi of life and peace, and I gave them to him for the fear with which he feared me and was afraid before my name. That means Levi feared the Lord. These priests did not have fear for God. And verse six, the law of truth was in his mouth and iniquity was not found in Levi's lips. Levi walked with me in peace and equity and did not turn and did turn many away from iniquity. For the priest's lips should keep knowledge. They should seek the law at the mouth of the priest. For he is the messenger of the Lord of hosts. But notice what they're doing at verse 8. They are departing out of the way. They're not following the ways of God. You have caused many to stumble at the law. You have corrupted the covenant of Levi, saith the Lord of hosts. Verse 9. Therefore have I also made you contemptible and base before all the people 
That means they have been brought low. According as you have not kept my ways, but have been partial in the law. At verse 10, now he's going to explain how they've been partial regarding the laws of God. Verse 10, have we not all one father? Question. Hath not one God created us? Question. Why do we deal treacherously every man against his brother by profaning the covenant of our fathers? So he's allowing, the priests are allowing the men because the priests were the one that were, were in essence judges. In many cases, they would resolve the issues between uh, two brothers or brethren. And rather than resolving the issues, they were profaning the covenants, which means they were allowing favoritism. They were handling uh, the rulings and the judicial issues um, in a way that was treacherous. It was deceitful. So at verse 11, Judah hath dealt treacherously and an abomination is committed in Israel and in Jerusalem. For Judah hath profaned the holiness of the Lord, which he loved and hath married the daughter of a strange God. So now he's dealing with another issue. Not only have they been dealing treacherously every man against each other uh, as they have not been upholding the laws of God, we now have another issue where the men of Judah are committing an abomination by marrying strange daughters. These are daughters or women that serve strange gods. This is profaning the holiness of God. So notice at verse 12, the Lord will cut off the man that does this, the man, the scholar. He'll cut them out of the tabernacles of Jacob. So even the priest and him, so he says at verse, the end of verse 12, him that offereth an offering unto the Lord of hosts. He's talking about the priest. They're all doing the same thing. They're not following the laws of Moses. At verse 13, and this have ye done again, covering the altar of the Lord with tears and weeping, crying out insomuch that he regardeth not the offerings anymore or receiveth it with goodwill at your hand. So now the priests are crying because God refuses to receive their offering. Notice at verse 14, yet you say, wherefore? Because the Lord hath been witness between you and the wife of your youth. So now we're getting to the marriages between the priests and their wives. So now they're questioning, why aren't you receiving? Why aren't you regarding our offering? Why aren't you receiving the offering from our hands? In verse 14, he explains why God is no longer receiving the offering from the priest. Now, Malachi is going to make several points here. Let's go back to verse 14 as he's dealing with these treacherous priests, these deceitful priests. He's going to now address their marriage. Verse 14, the Lord has been witness between you and the wife of your youth against whom thou hast dealt treacherously. That means you've been deceitful in your marriage. Yet, is she thy companion and the wife of your covenant? At verse 15, and did not he, meaning God, make you one? He made them one with their wives. Yet had he the residue of the spirit and wherefore one, question, that he might seek a godly seed. Therefore, take heed to your spirit and let none deal treacherously against the wife of his youth. 
Notice what God is saying. He desired a godly seed between the priest and his wife. This means the priests were refusing to touch their wives. And there might be a lot more going on because God keeps using the word treacherous. So they were lying. They were being deceitful in how they handled their spouses. Verse 16 comes a rebuke. For the Lord, the God of Israel, save that he hateth putting away. Some versions say that he hateth divorce. But then he goes on to say, for one covereth violence with his garment, save the Lord of hosts. Therefore, take heed to your spirit that you deal not treacherously. So in other words, when you separate, when there is a division in the heart and in the mind of the, the, the spouse, and now we're going to use uh, both men and women, especially for modern day experiences. When there is a division in the relationship, in our hearts and in our minds towards our spouses, we're dealing with them treacherously. And here the Lord is saying he hates the putting away. He hates division. Some translations use the word divorce, and we know separation, whether it's mental, emotional, or even physical, is not the same as divorce. But let's use either one in this context. God then explains, for one covereth violence with his garment. What is he talking about? When there is division in the, the relationship, then you are basically committing an act of violence towards your spouse. This is how God views separation. This is how God views divorce. I'll finish this chapter, and then I want to make a final point before we, we close today's podcast show. Verse 17, you have wearied the Lord with your words, yet you say, wherein have we wearied him? He says, you wearied God when you say, everyone that does evil is good in the sight of the Lord, and he delights in them. Or where is the God of judgment? We're not going to go into Malachi chapter 3, but I think we were painting the picture that the priest were not handling the priesthood as they should. They, weren't, they didn't have the law in their mouth. They were not bringing judgment when there was error. They were not bringing correction as people were breaking the laws of God. So they just treated everyone with kind of a grace mentality. And of course, I believe in grace. We are under grace. We're not under the law. God has extended his mercy towards man. But what we cannot do is allow the grace message to allow those that are in error, those that are in sin, those that are obviously breaking uh, the laws of God to feel like it is okay. So they've allowed men to bring animals that were lame and they're receiving the offering. They were uh, allowing those that were handling each other treacherously. They were, were uh, probably being bribed as you go back to like the sons of Eli the way they were managing the affairs between the brethren there in, in, in uh, uh, the, the Jewish brothers. All these things God began to look at and said, this is problematic. This is a problem. And so the word of correction came to those priests through the prophet Malachi. Now, this is important we understand this because every time I hear somebody talk about the book of Malachi, they want to talk about marriage and divorce but that's not what the book is about. 
Now, the point that I would like to make in regards to God addressing these treacherous priests, which were really treacherous husbands to their wives, God reminded them that he was a witness to their vows. They had made a vow before God. They didn't make a a vow to God, but our vows in marriage are made before God. And God is calling to their remembrance the things they had said in their vows. They had handled their wives treacherously. And in modern day, because then wives could not divorce their husbands, according to all laws, we have women that are able to divorce their husbands. So now we have deceitful wives and deceitful husbands, treacherous wives, treacherous husbands, and God, according to this passage, was addressing their treacherous acts. That's why I want us to note, too often we go to the spouse that's been victimized and tell them to forgive. Usually the spouse that has kept their vow, that has been honest, the one that has suffered abuse, whether verbally or mentally or emotionally, they're the ones that is told to walk in forgiveness, to extend mercy, to extend grace. But in the book of Malachi, God is addressing the treacherous spouse, the one that's deceitful, the one that's lying, the one that did not keep their vow before God. The system of forgiveness first requires repentance. The treacherous spouse has to repent. So in the book of Malachi, God is addressing the spouse that is in error, the one that is wrong. Those priests were treacherous. They were deceitful. They were liars. And if you follow the book of Malachi, God said to those priests, your spirit told you you were wrong. If you had heeded your spirit, listened to your spirit, it was telling you you were in error. You were not keeping your vows that you had made before God. It's important we understand this when we read the book of Malachi. It's not about God hating divorce. It's about God addressing the spouse that was out of order. Thank you for joining us on today. Join us again next time. Remember to like, share, and subscribe. Be blessed. You've been listening to the Divorced Christian Podcast Show with your host, Darius Good. This was a Good Treasure Ministries production. Darius is the senior pastor of Bible Gospel Center, and he is the author of the book, The Divorced Christian. To learn more about this book and other books written by Darius, or to listen to other episodes of our podcast show, visit our website today at thedivorcedchristian.com. We pray that today's episode has brought revelation, understanding, and healing. Please like, share, and subscribe to our podcast show. And until next time, be blessed.